This is our second session now on 2 Thessalonians 3, 11 to 16, and I want to linger in this session simply on the implications of this statement. Let's read it in context. For we hear that some among you are walking in idleness, not busy at any work, but busy bodies. Such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ, that working with quietness, they eat their own bread. So, Father, as we ponder, eat their own bread, would you grant us understanding about what this implies for how we relate to Christ, how we relate to each other, how we relate to outsiders? Teach us from this crucial phrase, I pray in Jesus' name. Let me draw out of this five implications. Number one, created for this. We saw that last time, but let me just point it out quickly again. Here in Genesis 2.15, the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. So work was our appointment before the fall. Work is not a curse. Then, the implication of that in Psalm 128, you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands, and you shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. So the normal course of life is that we, we work and we eat the fruit of our own labor. So that's implication number one. We were created for work. We are to be productive people. Number two, we were recreated for this. In other words, when the fall happened and work was made miserable for much of the world, God has been at work in Jesus Christ recreating things. And what's the implication of that? We saw, before I go to another text, this in the Lord. He is commanding and encouraging in the Lord Jesus Christ that working, we eat our own bread. So it belongs to the very implications of union with Christ. Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We weren't created in Christ Jesus for everlasting rest without work now. The restfulness is in our soul and our hands are busy at productive work. So, Galatians 6.10, let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not faint. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith, which is what he says right here in verse 13 of our text. As for you, brothers, don't grow weary in doing good. It belongs to who you are in Christ. You were created for doing good. That's implication number two. Number three, to show God's power. We are to do good working and thus have to eat our own bread in order to show God's power. These works are not our own self-reliant works. 2 Thessalonians 1.11, to this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by power. In other words, when we do works, 
They are works of faith in his power. So he is the one fulfilling our purposes to do good. That's what it should look like. Lives lived in productivity, not in self-reliance, but in reliance upon God showing his power. Same thing in 2 Thessalonians 2.16. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work. So God, in answer to prayers like this, establishes us in good works. So that's the fourth implication of working to eat our own bread. Well, I said fourth, I meant third. The third implication to of, of eating our own bread by working with our own, own hands to show God's power at work within us to enable us to do that work of faith. Now, here's the fourth implication, to witness to outsiders. That is, to, to commend Christ. We already saw this in 1 Thessalonians last time. Aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs and to work with your own hands as we instructed you so that you may walk properly toward outsiders before outsiders and not have need of anything. In other words, eat your own bread will be a good testimony to outsiders. Or as Peter put it, for this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. These are outsiders who are looking at us and seeing, are they saved for good work or are they busybodies? Are they wastrels? So that's the fourth implication. We want to commend Christ by not growing weary in doing good. It belongs to what it means to be in the Lord Jesus Christ, that we work in quietness and eat our own bread and thus not grow weary in doing good and so not put a stumbling block in the way of anyone outside who would say, what kind of Lord do they have? He can't even put his people to work. They all just stumble around in idleness. That's not a very worthy master or Lord. He must not have any power. He must not be a very joyful, satisfying master to follow because his people don't do anything. They're just aimless. And the final implication of eat their own bread is to show that there is human ownership under God's all-owning rights under God. Remember Psalm 24.1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We don't own anything, absolutely, right? We don't own anything. We are stewards. 
All human beings are stewards. We are to make use of the Lord's earth and the Lord's fullness for the Lord's glory. Nevertheless, this is a real word. Eat your own bread, not the bread of others. So under God, at the human level, it is right to talk about human ownership. This is my bread. You shouldn't steal it. That's your bread. I shouldn't steal it. The very command, thou shalt not steal, implies there is such a thing as human ownership. I just point that out because it has vast societal implications, doesn't it? There are whole ways of viewing the world that deny the rights of human ownership, and Christians will not gravitate towards those world view. So, eat your own bread by working and never growing weary in doing good, because you were made for this at the very beginning before the fall. You were remade for this in Jesus Christ. It shows God's power in you, fulfilling your good resolves. It witnesses to outsiders that we have a great master, a great Lord. He not only empowers, he clearly models for us and and commands us how to live for each other's good and for the good of outsiders. And lastly, to show that there is human ownership under God, and we are to be good stewards of what we own so that we may not grow weary in doing good, both to provide our own needs and to give generously to others.